Welcome to Karate in the Garage. I'm Corey Cole. I'm Freddie Wong. This is a take two because I, for the first time in four years, I didn't hit record. What? So, <laughs> uh, so it's kickstart for 4-3-2023 for you. <laughs> uh, I will go ahead and, and just get something out of the way real quick, and then you can go back to starting your My story. Spiel. You can, um, Region Honor, uh, uh, Region Honor Two, we just closed with on Friday for March Madness. Our uh, dive into let Tubi bots pick what we watch. Ironically, it just left uh, Tubi, so but it is still available on uh, Pluto, Roku, and one other one. But it's still available for free. So get up there and check it out if you have another chance to see it in, or this weekend. I ho- I was like I was thinking what an April Fool's it was. <laughs> to, to- right, totally. Fucked you guys. <laughs> Sorry guys. Yeah, there was no rage and honor too. There's the joke. We had a great time doing it, and uh, we're definitely gonna re- have it return next year as uh, we've got two different fun names to have it repeat monthly on uh, like one 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 movie a month. We either we're gonna call it Tubi or not to be, which seems kind of fit kind of fitting now since it <laughs> sometimes Tubi doesn't keep things for very long. Or we're gonna call it. Uh, what was the other one you called it? Uh, son of uh, so, son of disengaged March Madness or son of March Madness or son of March Madness. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> oh my God, this is the way to start the month. And when when you yeah. when you know what our month is gonna be, and we're gonna go ahead and say what it is, or we won't say what the movies are, but we'll say what it is. It's called a, kind of like a one and done, or and it's like one of those movies that doesn't have a lot of replay value. In fact, movies that have big moments in there that people always talk about, you know, water cooler moments, if you can still call it that. Yeah, that's basically the, that's the theme for the month. April fooled movies that may have fooled you yeah. their first time around. Yeah. That sounds good. April fooled. Yeah. Sure. Why yeah. not? Anyway. What is, what else is April known for other than rain, which we've already gotten plenty <laughs> of. We were at our quota. We, we were, yes, we're full up, so we don't probably get none in this. Uh, we got weeds now. That's what April's known for out here where I live, is weeds. Right. We joked about for a bit, calling you know, your first idea was actually kind of a, it was a kind of a inspired. But then I'm like, no, are we going to get any rain? The idea was like, you know, April showers, bring me flowers, all that. So we were going to like do movies that have the word rain in it or that have rain in it. There were some cool ones, and we actually yeah. talked pre Mike about Ridley Scott. So Black Rain would have been one of them. Black Rain would have been one. You could have done uh, Hard Rain. Hard Rain. I've done, yeah, we have been kicking around Hard Rain for so yeah, long. Dude, we're going to do Hard Rain at eventually. some point. I, yeah. Yes, eventually, <laughs> for something, themed or not. Yeah. It wasn't it a viewer request from uh, somebody? It, it was. Point? It was. We'll definitely have to come back to it. Uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get to that soon because that's it's uh, it's it's pretty damn good. We owe somebody an episode of Hard Rain, I think. Right, and maybe we'll, maybe we'll just do it, you know, and kind of like like the alarm, and we'll have a summer rain. Rain. Anyway, so yeah, man. you got a Netflix show you wanted to chat about? Yeah, uh, it's called The Night Agent. Uh, just I just came across it because uh, it was actually the first time I had clicked, I had flipped on Netflix. I was just looking for something to watch, and a lot, a lot of times I don't know how long this thing's been on there, but it's it's. Not been on there, uh, not been on there too long, um, because it came up in the uh, on the trailer tune. So they're just letting me know that it may have just dropped, or you know, it's dropped recently. But it's called The Night Agent. Uh, it's created by Sean Ryan, uh, based on the Matthew Quirk novel of the same name, I believe. The Night Agent. You know Sean Ryan from lots of television. Uh, probably his most well known. I mean, he produced the new SWAT, which is on. But I, I would say most everybody was probably most familiar with Sean Ryan from The Shield. Right. 
uh, which, God, how long was that thing on? Six, seven seasons? It was on you a know, long time. kind of thing. Yeah, on FX. And it, you know, it kind of uh, sent TV in another direction, you know, f- as far as cop shows and made Michael Chiklis into a badass somehow through the seven seasons of that. But uh, the night agent, uh, you know, follows uh, Peter Sutherland. He's a low-level FBI agent, works in the basement of the White House, manning a phone that doesn't ring. And then one night, it does. (laughs) And then all hell breaks loose for Peter Sutherland in in this sort of Kafkaesque, nightmare of political intrigue but uh, it's a it's a really fast-paced show it's well acted it's well shot it's full of a bunch of uh fresh faces so you don't have any preconceived ideas about who's who and this and that and the other um gabriel basso plays peter sutherland and i know him from he's he's one of the kids from super eight he's <laughs> the only thing i've ever i reckon i was like who is that kid and then I, I looked him up and i'm like holy shit yeah he's from super eight and then the only, uh, I mean, the, the most familiar face probably like, you know, and I'm sure it wasn't like, hey, we're getting our money based on the fact that we have, uh, you know, Robert Patrick in our show. But Robert Patrick shows up as Chief Deputy Hawkins for a few episodes. And uh, it's like I said, it's well made. It's shot well, kind of has that sort of born vibe. But it's not, this thing isn't based around a bunch of, you know, chopped up close quarter fucking fighting. It's story well told. Um, in the 10 episodes, I'm on number eight. So I got a couple left to go, but I mean, you, you could do worse as far as like made for Netflix TV shows. This one is actually really good. I mean, I'm really, I'm really digging it kind of getting to the end. So I'm trying to spare those last couple episodes because I don't want it to end. Cause right. I'm like, God, finally something I uh, <laughs> like, but you know, again, what do we do now? If you like something, you just burn right through it. There's a couple people on that show that I, I'm very familiar with. And I've talked a bit on the show. About one of them a lot is D.B. Woodside. He plays yep. uh, Eric Monkson, and he you know yep. him from 48, but more specifically, for me anyway, every single season of Lucifer, and he's fantastic on that show. Yeah, so. dude, he's great in this, too. Yeah, he's, I he's, that, he's yeah. great. Uh, yeah, it's funny. He was in Romeo Must Die, which we talked about we recently. Did, yeah, we did. <laughs> we were talking about uh, uh, that and Exit Wounds being on Tubi. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Um, yeah, D.B. is great in it. Uh, Hong Chao who plays Diane Farr, fantastic. Um, I just had seen her in The Whale. Oh, yeah. And uh, and she's been in other stuff. She was in, she was in Watchmen. Uh, it's probably what most people are going to be like, oh, yeah, from Watchmen. But, uh, yeah, dude, I think you'd totally dig this show. I mean, I mean who else are you? Who, so you, DB and who else are you? Oh, oh, Eve Harlow. She's from The 100. Oh, yeah. From CW, and she's yeah. fucking great on that. She's got such a unique look about her. Um, she's Russian descent. And she's a Canadian girl, but she's got Russian descent, so she has this very European look to her. Oh yeah, she uh, she, she plays Ellen. Her and uh, her and her partner Dale. Um, yeah, they're they're kind of my favorite part. I mean, I don't know, man. There's a lot of good stuff in this, and and, and they're they're they play a couple of assassins. <laughs> I don't want to give too much away, but uh, yeah, <laughs> they're they're great. I mean, the, the cast is uh, there. There's a lot of familiar faces. They're just not like familiar to me because I haven't seen a lot of these things. I mean, I I knew DB from uh, Lucifer, but Gabe Basso, dude, he look. If you if you're familiar with Super Eight, <laughs> you're gonna look, and he looks exactly like you would think that kid would look when he grew up. Also, he kind of weirdly looks like a younger, taller, fitter, thinner Matt Damon. <laughs> There's such a thing. 
I'm just saying he like he looks like he he kind of resembles Matt Damon a little bit. Like you know, that's where I made the that's why I was saying the born that has that born vibe too. And I think it's a lot because of uh, of his resemblance of a of a young uh, born identity era Damon. Ah, uh, right on. But uh, good show, man. Check it out. I mean, it's uh, the first episode will pull you in. I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, I, I watch Netflix so infrequently these days. Me too. So my algorithm is still kind of broken from like a year ago. So I, I don't ever get these kind of offers for shows that really are kind of something I'd be into, especially with familiar faces. Now, I do find it kind of strikingly unusual because of how often I've watched Lucifer. And, you know, Lucifer was on Netflix more than it was actually on Fox. Yeah. And I watched it twice through on, on, well, I watched the show twice through before it ever premiered on Netflix. And then I watched it again leading up to the show. So in it, the show, it's an entirety I've seen twice on Netflix. So it's weird that the algorithm didn't go, oh, hey, you know this guy from this. Right. You probably want to watch this. And same thing with 100. I, I watched 100. Never watched it on, on, on network television. I watched it all. I watched it on Netflix, so it's yep. weird that it didn't offer. I think it up. we'll see. It's weird because maybe that's why those things, why this came up on my algorithm, because I had watched those shows on Netflix. It's weird. Yeah. Um, also, do you do you do you ever watch Sweet Tooth? No, you've talked about it before. Yeah, Lucienne Buchanan, who plays Rose Larkin in uh, the Night Agent, she she was in Sweet Tooth. Ah, uh, see, I gotta get her to watch So that. maybe that's another reason this sort of came up in my algorithm is because i had watched sweet tooth as well sweet tooth. you know now it all makes sense man when you start looking you just do some <laughs> investigating right you know wh why is this why are they showing me this now it makes sense it's always nice when that happens right when they something comes around yeah. you're like oh yeah 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 i get that i'm with it now i know why i have been a fan of the show since the day it hit and it always is a surprise about how much i enjoy it this thursday Dave returns to FX with season three. They're doing a double episode premiere on Thursday on FX or on FX on Hulu if you go if you go that route. And uh, I'm super excited about it because I don't want to say anything if you're not familiar with or I haven't seen the show. I'm sure you're familiar with it. Dave is a is a Jewish hip hop performer and uh, he's just trying to make it in the business. Well, the season three starts with him with them on the road. And what was funny is when I was picking my truck up from when it when that dude sideswiped me <laughs> years mm -hmm. ago, um, I'm coming driving through the industrial center over by Santa Santa Clarita Studios, and there's a giant tour bus with Dave's face painted on the side. Of it. This is probably like five six months ago. I'm like, oh shit! Oh, I wonder if he needs it to promote the movie, uh, promote the show, and then. I don't know. About two months ago, the, the the trailer came out for the shit for the season, and I'm like, "Oh shit, that's Melly and I were like laughing, like, oh, look at shit, there it is. There's the there's the tour bus. So it's actually the tour bus that I saw isn't going to be used to promote the movie, a show. I'm sure it will be, but it's actually very much part of the show. So that was kind of cool. I I love the shit of this show. The second season, I didn't think it topped the first season, and somehow, uh, I don't want to say it topped it. But because my expectations were so high, I, I have to say it was better than expected. But it was just as good as the first season. The way they're so far, the show has a way of their season finales just being this perfect exclamation point to the season, and it it never feels fake or you know phony like we were talking about with certain movies that tag on these endings that don't make a lick of fucking sense, or they built 
a movie around an ending. This actually feels very authentic, um, the, the way the end of the show. So as much as I'm looking forward to watching the new season and also not falling into that trap that we talk, we both talk about on a show that we enjoy watching of it ending too soon. I'm also anticipating that that greatness that they've shown so far with, with the way they end their seasons. So, but Dave, super fun. If you haven't seen it yet on Hulu, there it is. And uh, just, you know, it's not for the faint at heart. It's another one of those shows again, where FX, you just go, this is on regular cable, isn't it? You kind of play one of those things that this is on. Right. It definitely is an R-rated show, if you want to call it that. Why didn't television take on the same, the same rating system that feature films did? I, uh, I, no idea, man. It doesn't make any Weird. sense, right? It, I don't know. Mature audiences, please. Mature. No, nobody's been fucking rated with, M. Nobody's mature about shit. <laughs> rated M A. <laughs> so dumb. It sounds terrible. Rated Ma, like my Ma would watch it. <laughs> yeah, like the, my Ma will watch that. Uh, what? What? Are the, what's the lowest on that? I mean, nothing can be G anymore. You say damn and something, and you've and you've already got. Yeah, you can't stuff. be general. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's impossible. There's nothing rated G. Even well, even animated films like like you know. Uh, the land that time forgot lost 55 dinosaur movies are rated like uh parental guidance or whatever they call it now yeah sure audiences there's only a handful of movies in that like even pixar movies that are g they're either pg and then like i think the incredibles was the first one that ventured into pg-13 land because of its aggressive action i guess sure in the tight body suits yeah and then you know there's also a part in there where mr incredible smokes a bowl in front of the kids it's probably not a good idea no, there was right. I mean, I, I don't even know if I saw it, dude. And I forget. I always forget that Craig T. Nelson is the voice of Mister Incredible. I remember you know? when, yeah, when they teased that movie, everybody was trying to figure out who who the voice was online, and but but and Pixar everybody was fashion. Ex- yeah. Everyone was sure it was Patrick Warburton. Yeah, and people were they they were dead set on it being a, a named voice, a name, a bigger name, or a big name voice actor. Who's like, bigger than Coach? Man, come on. Well, he's perfect for it, though. But yeah, it, totally. I remember, gosh, what was the daughter that the girl, the the, the stand-up comedian? I think or more like a um, she's like a Growlings type uh, sketch player. She's the one that does the voice of Sarah Val. Is it Sarah Val? Is that who it was? The plays Violet. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's her. I didn't know who she was before that. I only knew her from like some of those like. Uh, Comedy Central things, I think. Yeah, at the time, I didn't know who she was, and she had this. I, I, she had this the black hair with the purple in it, and she almost had this violet kind of look to her. I have to tell you, most of the time when you see animated movies, well, not Disney animated movies because Disney animated movies are there. Their animators are always really big on on uh, watching their voice actors perform and kind of making them look a little bit more like their characters than not. Sarah actually looked like Violet. In a lot of ways, just kind of low key, sure. short, the short, the short dark hair. But no, yes, I. That's what I mean. Is I, I knew her from doing um, other work, but I didn't realize that was her voice. But she's a, uh, yeah, Sarah's good. I like her a lot too. The doing the mom. God damn, what's wrong with me today? I almost said Helen Hunt, but Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter. <laughs> it's the double H. Yes. Yeah. Brad Bird's uh, f- 
first movie? Yeah, that was his first feature film anyway. I've only seen the one. I didn't even realize there was a sequel. Oh, I, feel like I, thought it, I feel like I thought it was a TV series, like a TV series. The second one was a, was a blast. That was the one that was, that was always so funny about when Pixar was in full swing, you know, with their, when they started putting out sequels. I mean, aside from the second Toy Story. I, you know, I got a son who loves this shit. He was gobbling it up. He was born in 2006, so he's just loving it. And I kept thinking to myself, why does this movie called The Incredibles, out of all the movies that Pixar has made, is the most ripe for a sequel? This is be, this is right when Marvel was building up their MCU, and I don't even think they were officially calling it that. We had an Incredible Hulk movie, we had Iron Man, and then Thor had just gotten announced. So we, were, we weren't even like there yet. And it took them, and I'm not kidding about this, dude. It took them till 2018 before they made a sequel. Wow. It literally is the one that's most ripe for a sequel. No, but we got a Cars 2. We got a Cars 3. We got a spinoff from Cars called Planes. It was, they just kept making these sequels for movies. I'm like, why don't you take care of the one that's the obvious one? But the thing was, Brad had something, Brad Bird had something in his contract that said he had to do it. Nobody else could do it. So, you know, he was venturing out making. Mission Impossible Mission movies. Mission Impossible movies, and then Tomorrowland, and yeah. I was always bummed we never got a sequel to uh, Disney's Treasure Planet. I love Treasure Planet, man. It's so yeah, good. me I too. Mean, it, was, good. it was, and the sound design, again, we talk about sound design on the show a lot, and the sound design on Treasure Island is, sorry, Treasure Planet <clears throat> is done by the Dave, you know, Dane Davis and his team, the guys that did The Matrix and such. They're, and also they're a great bunch of people. They, they're they're a lovely, lovely group of people there. Those guys stay there. For, you go work for Dane, you stay there forever because the, it's such a great environment to work in. But, you know, listen to their sound design. By the way, remember when, when DVDs first came out and they were, you would often see isolated scores on DVDs. I wish we can go back to like the, the ability of, like on Blu-rays of, we're not going to because there's no selling point anymore for Blu-rays. Either want the disc or you don't want the disc. There's no real push for things anymore but i would like to see one day just people isolating the sound design on it and where you can mute everything but just the sound design it'd be nice you get that once in a while on that in-depth sound design channel uh, we talked about on the show but i'll I'll put links to his, his stuff in the show notes he has really cool things where he talks to other big sound designers like ben burton and they break down scenes by how they execute a certain sound design they do a, the one of the things that was really cool. They do Venom's voice, where they change Tom Hardy's voice. And what's really cool about it for you stupid sound nerds out there, they go no, they they go plug in by plug in with examples of how it affects his voice and how it and how his voice sounds without it. It's really fucking cool. Anyway, I can show. I'll put it in the show notes. But, Weirdly enough, I the original air date for the Night Agent. It's only been out a week. Right. <laughs> It's so in, there you go, twenty third of March. Right. When was the last? When was the last time you dove into something and it just gobbled your your time up like that? I, I haven't done it very often in recent years. Oh, and, just Bosch for me. Like, I, yeah. like I can't think of anything that you know I jumped into and was like you know off to the races with it. We were we did that with Stranger Things, but that's kind of like a family thing, and it got released at a time where it was easy because Joey wasn't in school when he did part two of or when he did season four was just he was able to just jump into it because and not worry about him having to be anywhere 
Um, the last of us has taken us time to get through and it's already closed out the season, but it, it's been tough because of our schedules. Mine more than anybody's, of course. But. That's all I got, man. I'm just, I'm, I'm all about a night agent right now. Boom. <laughs> What's our theme for this next month? We were, uh, did we mention that yet? We did before we recorded. <laughs> <laughs> we did before we recorded. Sure. Uh, we, we uh, last month, of course, like we mentioned early on, is that we did March Madness, and we'll definitely see a return to that. Um, we were trying to shake the tree a little bit, and we found a really cool idea in that we're going to do one and dones, or as you affectionately coined it this month, April Fool. April Fooled. F O O L E D. April Fool were movies that got you, thinking it was one thing, and you settle into being one thing, and then you get a big you know, rug pulled up from underneath you at the end. Or we could call it, don't get got. <laughs> don't get got. <laughs> don't get got. Don't get got. Yeah, that was that the first one we've already recorded. And I think it's kind of considered the quintessential movie for this kind of this kind of theme. Yeah. The, the, something that's cool, though, the four movies that we've chosen, they're all definitive genre movies, but they're yeah. not... But they're not like they're not like one another, right? Not not at all, and that's what's cool about it. They're all very unique in their genre. They're all very unique in their genre. Yeah, they're definitely not your standard fare. Everybody knows what they are through and through, and everybody I yeah. know everybody's I, I, everybody's going to have seen all these movies yeah. for once. Like I feel like we <laughs> we're going to talk about four movies that everybody's very familiar with. Like like what the hell is that movie? Well, that sometimes that's the that's what's good for us is yeah, to absolutely. give you something you haven't seen before. Yeah. Exactly. But also, it's also good for us to go back and see Raging movies. Honor 2. <laughs> Seriously. Which you still might not see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, you don't, if you don't get to Pluto or Roku, uh, the other one was Voodoo. Because I don't know. I didn't know this, but Voodoo is very much like Pluto and Freebie and Tubi in that they do have, even though they have VOD content when you can pay for it, they do have free ad-supported content as well, and Voodoo is another one of those. But because I'm not really big on giving money to Walmart, if I can avoid it, because um, they own Voodoo, yep. I, I to avoid that. I'm always so disappointed when I get my movies and my digital copies of fucking Voodoo. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. It's weird, though, too. Sometimes you think one studio would use one type of del delivery system for digital, and it's but they're not. Lionsgate has used um voodoo and movies anywhere which doesn't make a lick of sense to me but whatever but speaking of lionsgate fourth movie in what's probably their the oh by far their most successful franchise yeah just i mean other than saw right i mean this I one mean, yeah, yeah i guess so right? yeah but saw is probably though but this one these days the one that really puts them in the seats COVID or no COVID. <laughs> Is the John Wick series and uh, John Wick Chapter Four came out a little over a week ago, and Joe and I finally went to go see it with a great fucking crowd on Friday night. And uh, dude, it's a two hour and fifty eight minute movie. Good God, it's a long movie. Um, I, you know, I emptied the bladder before I sat down because we did. You know, it's the one time that I drink soda is when Joey and I will go in with popcorn. By the way, AMC's popcorn, at least at the Burbank one, they've upped their game to near Arclight popcorn status. And I was, Joey like leans into me and goes, I tried it while we're, we're still kind of getting paid for everything. And I'm like, we don't need butter on this. He goes, really? He'll taste it. And he goes, 
dad, this is like arc light. I'm like, oh, it's pretty damn good. So we sat down with our giant soda and uh, watched uh, just a balls out. What is a cast to? Um, but it is three hours. And there's one moment where it feels like three hours. But it's it's a weird thing. We're about an hour in. And they have just shoved, like I said to you, 10 pounds of action into a five-pound bag. And it was 58 minutes into the movie. I looked at my watch. I'm like, Joey looks at my watch. His eyes get big. I'm like, oh, my God. We got two more hours. Because <laughs> it was just, it was, they just, like with Lethal Weapon 2, they just jump into it. And they're going. Because you already know the story. You don't need to know anything new. There's nothing new to, to, to learn here. But it's the supporting cast, the people that he runs into along the way that make it so fucking great because there's not a lot of people in it. You know, obviously, Lance Reddick, uh, who recently passed, he's in it. I'm not going to spoil anything about his involvement in the movie. and his, and but, but when you get to this fourth movie, you've got Lance Reddick, Ian McShane, and John Wick. They are literally the only three people that have been in all four movies. Now, Fishburne's been in the last three, but I mean, he wasn't in the original. No. So that's a, it's, but it's, that can, the way this whole thing sets up, Clancy Brown shows up and Joey leaves him and he goes, How do you know he was in this movie? And I'm like, going, fucking Clancy Brown. So the amazing Scott Atkins is in it in a fat suit playing Killa. Donnie Yen, of course, is like, so much there's so much to love about this movie even if you're not a fan of this a big fan of the series wait for it to come home video if you're if you're you can't go see it in the theater but the theater crowd we had was great and it definitely i can't tell you the last time well i can't tell you a time since we've gone back to the theaters after the lockdown three years ago where I, we had a crowd that reacted to movies and moments in this way the way they were supposed to very visceral reactions to hits and fights and things where you just, you know, that where you, that general reaction you get from people when you're like, oh, you know something hurts and the whole crowd just oohs and Tell ahs. Yeah. Dude, it was like, it was like that. It was really good. Very much shot on location. There's no doubt they were in Paris. There was no, there were no doubt they were in Osaka. You, you know, when you see something in this, you know they were there. Um, they're getting much better at, putting Keanu's face digitally on things because, well, I'm not saying he wasn't in these locations, but I'm just saying he, he's not riding a horse at full speed like he is. And when he goes across the Jordan desert at the beginning of the movie, but it's really fucking good. There's nothing to spoil about the movie. Everybody's seen, you know, everybody knows what's supposed to happen. And as far as the end result, you think for two hours and 58 minutes, it was going to be a lull in action. And it's only there to give you, a moment to catch your breath because it's fucking nuts it's fast and over the top but it is it's what you want it's a, it's it's the antithesis of some of the movies that we covered in march madness this is what it's the same kind of movie just for this is what happens when you have top you have money and act in real actors yep exactly. top talent yep such a fucking great time it's really fun you saying gary Busey is not top talent <laughs> Seymour Cassell? Not in 1986. Jeff Wincott? No. Cynthia Rothrock is the John Wick of... Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Joan, Joan Wick. Joan Wick. Um, well, what yeah. was the movie that came out? They jokingly called it Joan Wick. Uh, shit. Was it Atomic Blonde? 
No, I maybe they did, but Atomic Blonde is so much better than that. It's a, I think yeah, it, no, dude, I love Atomic, Atomic Blonde. Blonde's I might love. I, I think I've seen Atomic Blonde more than I've seen any of the John Wick movies. Honestly, I, I've seen Atomic Blonde more than I've seen the first John Wick. I don't, but I like Parabellum the, the third one movie a lot just because of the. Yeah, I've only seen the first two. The, I'm telling you, see. there is something that there's a sequence that happens with, and I'm going to do anything for anybody here. Halle Berry's in the third John Wick movie. Do you know John Wick has burned a lot of bridges? As you would imagine, yeah. Prior to his retirement, where which that, that he has that we see him come out of, forced to come out of in the first movie, but Hallie plays they kind of allude to well, the former. He fucked her over at some point, but she, you, you know, and if you've seen the second movie, they uh, um, introduce the story of markers between different assassins, and a marker is just an IOU. And it's, it's a blood oath that you've given to somebody else because you're doing something for I them. I want to call in that marker, dude. Yeah. So they call in that marker in the second movie. I won't get into what it is. But with Hallie, her character in Parabellum is her marker with John, and he's the one that goes to her and pulls it out in there. And she says, she argues, and she says no, just like John does in the second movie. But she did it for her daughter. She found out she was pregnant as very much like the bride in Kill Bill. Um, but she does it to get out of the business. And she's got two trained German shepherds for a, a series that is known for action and just craziness. There's a sequence in this movie with Hallie and John and her two dogs, the way they attacked this compound. Fucking the best shit ever because 99% of it is the real dogs. And once or twice, the, the dogs are doing their, they're doing some pretty crazy stunts that they have to, they have to wear a harness. For some of the some of the stunt work they're doing, it it's the it's easily my favorite. Even after seeing this three hour extravaganza on Friday, it's easily my still my favorite part of the series is just that. Even when I told Joe he'll watch this for a show, I mean for a, for a series that was built on a, a puppy being murdered as the catalyst for why somebody does something in a movie. It's it's fucking it's the greatest dog moment in the series. It's really fucking awesome. So, but but John Wick Four is a fucking blast. It'll hit VOD soon. I know three hours is a long time for anybody to sit in one spot, um, unless you've got amazing seats in there. And let's be honest here, when's the last time any theater has upgraded their seats? Not a lot. You get good seating if you go to one of those upper crust ones or go to the draft house or something like that. But There's no movie on earth I'm going to go sit for three hours. <laughs> I'm just saying, not doing it. I don't give a fuck if it John Wick fucking saves the fucking universe. I, I can't do it. Like but he does save hours. the universe. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm glad that he does. <laughs> I'll watch it from the safety of my sofa. And we were just talking about long ass movies. We were movies. just talking about fucking up, telling long movies to fuck off. I think you said it. I'm pretty sure it's recorded somewhere. Yeah. But um, yeah, look, I, I, I'm going to see it eventually. I just hadn't even gotten oh, no. seen part three yet. And they, but they are all on Peacock. There you, know? you go. So if you want to pregame and check out the other three. Yeah. Or, or like me, I mean, I'm still going to skip number two for reasons that we talked about yesterday. Right. We we had just talked. What were we doing? We talk, were we, oh, we were just bullshitting yesterday when we recorded yeah. the first episode for the month. And we were talking. We saw a note that. Scorsese's new movie supposedly clocking in four hours. Yeah, I mean, it's just... And I'm like, fuck that, dude. <laughs> Give it to me in two pieces. Dude, that's four episodes of a limited series. Why the fuck is it one movie? Yeah, I'm just... Yeah, dude, like all movies, three hours is too much for me. I mean, that's too much. It, it I don't could, care how action-packed it is or right. how time flies by. It's like, that's a long time. 
to be sitting. It could be incredible. This four-hour movie of Scorsese, it could be incredible. But I'm not doing that. I broke up The Irishman at home twice in, in two different sittings, and I barely got through the second one, the second sitting, I, I, uh, the second half of the movie. It's 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 a lot, man. That's a lot to ask for somebody. It's a lot. Dude, it's a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right well if you want to follow the show on socials it's at karate pod on twitter insta and letterbox on letterbox you follow cory at cory underscore cope or on insta culprit 97 if you'd like to follow me you can follow me at rock and roll 33 on your instagram or you can follow me at tom cody on letterbox that's tom cody on letterboxd letterboxd